0: Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at shepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor. coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hello, and welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 200, and today we're going to talk about what the pastor should wear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We ask for blessing, blessing upon this conversation, this time, and I, I pray this would be helpful. And ultimately, you know, we want to honor you in all that we do today. And today, for me, as I'm recording this, help me to honor you and be faithful to your word, and apply some of these principles in the best sort of way, and uh, and help us to navigate uh, this particular question that we're looking at today. We trust you're going to help us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. there is some measure of debate about what the pastor should wear. Now certainly this question unpacks in several different ways, like, you know, what should the pastor wear going into the pulpit, what should the pastor wear throughout the week, what is the history of the clerical collar, and should there be a Geneva gown or something like that when you step into the pulpit. All these questions really you know, you kind of look at, and in pastoral ministry, as you're thinking through this, you start to understand different uh, historical positions, and you look at the scriptures, and you try to navigate it, and you want to be faithful and respectable, and you want to keep the word the primary thing, and so you really don't want to be a distraction in how you dress, and so you're trying to navigate all these different questions and principles, and it can be somewhat difficult at times, because there's not a ton of content in the scriptures about this particular question. You look in the Old, Old Testament, and you certainly see some sort of clerical or or Levitical garb that's given and and commanded for the Levite priests and And is that a one-to-one today? You know, should we therefore be set aside in the way we dress and present ourselves in in, in such a way that people can visibly see that we do this work of ministry? Uh, What benefit is there or is not there if you put that clerical collar on? I've got some friends that wear the clerical collar. So there's just a lot of questions that come around with that. And then based on the theological or, or just the church background that you're a part of, that's either really, really crazy or really, really normal to see your pastor in that clerical, car, uh, uh, clerical collar or stepping behind the pulpit wearing the gown or just stepping in with a Hawaiian shirt or something. you know, I mean, you guys get this, right? Um, okay, so let's work through some of these principles and try to apply them in the best sort of way. I'm actually going to put a link in the show notes to Zachary Garris' article that he wrote, I think it was last year, and he takes a little bit different position than I do on this, but it's worth looking at, and Zachary does a really great job. He's a friend and did a great work called Masculine Christianity that is phenomenal, so I really appreciate him. I just look at this a little bit differently, and I just want to explain why. So first, let's look at Jesus, consider the apostles. Uh, let's think about principles like not distracting from the Word of God. The Word is prime, primary. Paul tells Timothy, preach the Word in season and out. And there's this primacy of the Word, and then the elder is to be respectable, in his behavior first timothy chapter 3 so what does that look like when you apply those principles to the areas of dress so let's get into it first jesus In Isaiah 53, we're told that there's something about the form and the appearance of Jesus. And then in Matthew chapter 13, we get some indication that Jesus was not separating himself visibly from other people, and he was just wearing the clothing of the people. And in fact, was walking in the footsteps of his father, Joseph. First, in Isaiah 53, we get this in the suffering servant passage, for behold, he grew up Before him, like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed esteemed him not. Now, this doesn't tell us exactly what Jesus wore, clearly, but there is something about the physical form and appearance of Jesus that was not attractive. People weren't drawn to him, and he was not presenting himself in public in such a way when this suffering servant would come, when Jesus would come. He would not present himself in a way that brought people's attention to him in his physical form. He would blend in with the people. He would not be walking down the street and be the one that everybody looked at and think, oh my goodness, there," you know, there's Jesus based on his appearance. When we look in Matthew chapter, chapter 13, I believe it is, I was just there, let me pull up my notes again, um, yes, Matthew chapter 13, and in verse 55 we hear this, and this is about him doing ministry in Jerusalem, in his hometown, and the people taking offense at him, and when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming into his hometown, he talked to them in the synagogue, so that they were astonished, and they said, where is this man, where did this man get wisdom, and these mighty works, is it not the carpenter's son, is his mother called Mary, and are not his brothers James, and Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? It seems that Jesus was more recognized as Joseph the carpenter's son than the rabbi, and not, you know, in other words, he's not presenting himself in some sort of clerical garb to be viewed by the people in the synagogue. Jesus was something different, and that's why there was this strange reaction. Who is this guy? He's a carpenter's son. This isn't a formal trained rabbi. When we consider those things, that Jesus was amongst the people, and even things like, you know, the scriptures are written in, in the, the language of the people, it gives us some sort of indication, I think, of, you know, principles that we can apply in how we present ourselves in the public. And I think if we're to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, then, we are to go with the people and amongst the people in such a way that's not bringing attention to us by what we're wearing. This would follow modesty principles as well, so pastors should be presenting themselves modest in all occasions. This is one of the reasons why, by the way, that I keep my shirt on, even swimming in public now, is not because I have this amazing physique or anything like that. I am working on that, by the way, but that's just for my wife. That's not for, uh, and you know, if I'm hanging out with a group of dudes or something like that, that's all right. But I'm wanting to walk with modesty wherever I go, and I want to apply that principle of modesty in other places as well. But let's first talk about John the Baptist. We know how John the Baptist dressed. Uh, He dressed like a wild man. And it certainly did not disqualify him from being a prophet. And as a prophet, proclaiming God's word and calling out those who were dressed in clerical garb, who were dressed in clothing that would have separated themselves from the people, he distinguished himself not as a man that would be looked at you know, as somebody that's, uh, you know, look at him because of how he is dressed and look at that suit that he's wearing. But I mean, we, we know that what John, John the Baptist wore and he was wearing animal skins. He was eating locusts. He was just different guy. And he was a prophet of God. It wasn't that he was disrespectful in any way, but there were certainly some people around him uh, in, the, in the public eye who would have thought that, man, that's rather distasteful what you're wearing. You're wearing that and you're calling these people out. I mean, come on. And so, When we look at John the Baptist and consider Jesus, there's certainly no positive indication that there's some sort of requirement for us to wear Uh, Some sort of clothing that that distinguishes us from other people. There's this blending in with the people. And if anything, with John the Baptist, the example there as a a man of God or as a prophet of God, and not that the pastors are are, are certainly not in the same way. They're not prophets. But I think there's this application then that there certainly isn't this requirement that if a man is going to be a prophet of God, he's going to have to wear this exact clothing. And, you know, the Levitical priests, even though it's not a one-to-one comparison, certainly had that clothing that they were required to wear, the temple clothing that they were required to wear. But that is not a one-to-one comparison when it comes to the elder in the New Testament. And when we look at the apostles, there's no indication that we have from the apostles that they wore anything uh, special. That they wore anything that dis- distinguished them. There's just really silence on when it comes to uh, when it, in the scriptures when it comes to what they wore. It, I think we can assume then that there is no requirement for the pastor when it comes to preaching God's word or when it comes to what he's wearing out in public as long as it's modest and as long as we're stepping up and being respectful. And I think this is the the principle that that Zachary Garris appeals to out of 1 Timothy 3 that I want to appeal to and apply in a little bit different way. And that's when it comes to principles and and God's word can happen. That's what can happen is the application of principles can be laid down in a little bit different different way. So here's what it says. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, respectable. So what does it mean that an elder is to be respectable? And and without any positive command, respectable, therefore, wearing this kind of clothing. So here, here would be my big appeal to you. The primary command for for an elder is always going to be preach the word, preach the word, preach the word. That's what Paul tells Timothy to do in season and out. I charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who is the Judge of the living and the dead, and by the appearance of His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of sea. There's the ease, out of season. There's this primacy of preaching the word, and to do that, we're talking about stepping into a pulpit. The pastor needs to be aware that he can be a distraction to the word by the way he presents himself. Depending upon where you come from and what church you're a part of, how you present yourself on a Sunday morning can be disrespectful. So if you're in a high church environment and you step up with the Hawaiian shirt or with what I'm wearing right now, for instance, with this, uh, with this uh, Woolrich shirt, and, and certainly I wouldn't wear a hat because that would be distracting and covering of the head. That is a prohibition that God gives uh, to men, as we are not to cover our heads during prayer and prophecy, so that, that's why we don't wear hats in church, by the way, um, or hats when we're praying or prophesying, by the way, to get more specific, and why I wouldn't step into the pulpit wearing a hat, even though I have before when I was younger. If I stepped into a high church environment and stepped into the pulpit looking like this, it would be a massive distraction to preaching the word. I wouldn't do that. It would be disrespectful for that particular audience in that particular place. Now, at our church, if somebody was to step in and wear a cler- wear clerical garb like Martin Lloyd-Jones did with a Genevan gown, it would be distracting because that's such a different um, cultural thing than we're used to within our church. That would be a distraction from the preaching of the word. So respectable is this kind of a, a Swiss Army knife tool to be able to apply, it's a principle that can be applied in different contexts. If I was going somewhere where the expectation was the preacher to not be a distraction wears that garb, I would put that on and I wouldn't have any problem with it. I wouldn't make a point, I wouldn't try to correct everybody there, I would be respectable for the season. Also respectable, I think Garris does hit the nail on the head with this. If you're going to a funeral, if you're going you, you should be dressed for the occasion. There are certain cultural norms when it comes to how a person should present themselves on that particular occasion, and we should as as people who are wanting to fit in with the people, not fit in to be liked or anything like that, but not be a distraction, we're not trying to call attention to ourselves, then we should be putting a suit on, putting a coat on, and not trying to make a point. A lot of times when it comes to clothing, young preachers, because they look at the scriptures and there's not a ton there uh, on this particular issue, they want to look past principles like respectability and just go in and just try to make a point and say, hey, the Bible doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say, I'm free then to do whatever I want to do. But we're not free to be a distraction. We're not free to take away from the primacy of the word of God. And so I think there is a a principle in this respectability piece that would draw us away from making a point. So when we go into the pulpit on Sunday mornings, I want to be dressed like the people. I don't want to be drawing attention to myself. So I'm not going to be wearing tight fitting clothing. I'm not going to be trying to think about, you know, what's going to make me look the best when I get up there or something like that. And pastor, if that's your tendency, if you're kind of a person that likes to, you know, look good in front of people or something, you probably should stop, you know, stop making that be a desire of yours. Not that you want to present yourself in a disheveled way or anything, but just fit in with the people and get up there and don't be a distraction. When you're preaching, the attention should not be upon you. It should be upon the Word of God, which is the argument that many people use about the Genevan gown, or just putting on a gown to take away from any sort of distraction that would be there from what you wear. In fact, my friend Bill makes that exact argument, and that's he also wears a clerical collar as well throughout the week. Throughout the week, I want to present myself as one of the people, and I have made this decision. I think that the scriptures being in the Greek language of the people is one of the reasons that I want to walk out and just be amongst the people. I just want to be one of them. I'm also a church member and I don't want to separate myself from from the people and therefore I want that to be uh, revealed in what I put on the clothing that I wear. And so the, the whole thing is about respectability and modesty. You don't wanna be taking attention or drawing attention to yourself. And if you're dressing in such a way that's drawing attention to yourself and away from God's word or somehow distraction from God's word, then quit that and just be a respectable man. You don't have to have the attention of people. So I apply these principles a little bit differently than my friend Zach. Uh, If you wanna wear a suit, there's nothing wrong with that, certainly. But if you're the only one in the congregation wearing a suit, I would push back on that a little bit to say you might be a distraction in more, more ways than you realize, and when we think about Sunday best or something that that has been pushed around, you know, over the decades, and thinking about well, you're going to worship God if you're going to to you know meet with the president, would you do you know would you come dressed the way you're dressed? And we'll just say that as the family of God comes together, we are the household of God. There should be some sort of familiarity with each other, and also when it comes to spending time with the Lord, uh, not just on the Lord's Day, but throughout the week, we're in the presence of God in the holy of holies every single day. Every time we bow our head, we come before the Lord, and many times that's in sweatpants. Like right now, I've got this shirt on, and I'm wearing sweatpants right now. And when I come before the Lord into the Holy of Holies, when I get get off of here, even when I prayed earlier, I'm not dressed in a particular way, but I am respectful from the heart. That's what should be present. And so anyways, just some things to think through, and this I know was a little bit of scattershot today, but I hope it was in some way helpful. Thank you much so 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 much for watching, for listening and if you've not yet subscribed, please do so if you've not left a rating or review. please do that as well and share this if it's been helpful and if you have any more questions about the ministry you can go to the shepherdscrook.co.